afternoon we'll deal with Lord's Day 46 of the Heidelberg Catechism. Lord's Day 46. And there the church has confessed the following from Holy Scripture. Why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? To awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer that childlike reverence and trust toward God which should be basic to our prayer. God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. Why is there added in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner and to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. So far our confession. Beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord and boys and girls who belong to him and I might just ask the boys and girls, first of all, have you ever had a nightmare that makes you wake up and makes you afraid because you dreamt that something awful was just about to happen? Something in the dark, right, makes you afraid. And then maybe you wanted to get up and run to the bathroom or so, but you were afraid because you thought something or someone would grab your foot under the bed so what did you do? Well, most likely you called your, your father. Maybe your mother too. But especially your father because he's, he's strong. He's not afraid. He can deal with whatever creature you imagine is under your bed. Well, that's something like we can do all we, we, we can all do as God's children in the struggles and fears of our everyday life. Jesus taught us to pray to God by calling him our Father in heaven. And in teaching us to call on God like that in prayer, Jesus shows us we have a Father in heaven who always loves us, always listens when his children call on him in their fear or need. Whether our fears are real or imagined, we can call on our Father in heaven and he'll be there for us. No need for fear with this Almighty Father. And with that in mind, I preached to you the address of the Lord's Prayer with this theme. Christ teaches us that we may address God as our Father in heaven. And we'll see what it means that we address him as our Father, and secondly, what it would mean, what it means to add in heaven. So, first of all, what it means to address God as our Father. Brothers and sisters, boys and girls, God is our Father, not because we're such good children but because Christ died for us. Because he died for us, God is a loving father for us, a father always nearby who we can call on any time. Earthly parents are there for their children as much as they can be, but sometimes they have to be away. They want the best for their children, but they can't always provide that for them. Well, God, our father in Christ, is even more of a parent than any earthly parent could be. The perfect father 
always there, always able to provide, always knowing what we need. And that's, that's quite something. Because in the beginning in paradise, we rejected him as father, originally. At that time, he created us as his children and everything was fine and good and perfect. But we stubbornly turned our backs on him, walked away from him. We figured we knew better than him, what was good for us. Nevertheless, God sought us out and said he still loved us. He would send his son to redeem us so that we could be brought back to him as his children. Congregation, God is near us, cares about us. And that's what the name Father in the address of the Lord's Prayer teaches us in the first place. And the name Father implies something else. It means that without him, we wouldn't even exist. That's how it is with earthly parents too. Everyone has a father and a mother. And without a father, you wouldn't be here. It's even more like that with our Father in heaven. He's the source of our life. He's our creator. He gave us life. And we may believe that now he also gives us not just the earthly life, which all creatures have, but also spiritual life, new life, faith, love, and hope. He gave us rebirth through his spirit. And he wants to give us the full life that Jesus Christ has obtained for us by his cross. The fact that you received life from your parents makes the relationship between parents and children very special, very close. Sure, other, other people can take care of children too, babysitters, caregivers, and so on. But the relationship between parents and children is the most intimate of all. Your parents brought you into this world. You have your life from your parents. And the relationship you have with them is one that you don't have with anybody else. That's how it is with God in Christ too, only better. More so. He alone is your father from whom you receive life. And we could say the church is your mother who gives you birth, who feeds you, cares for you and with whom you feel at home. And you realize that's very important then that you seek your whole life, your earthly as well as your spiritual life, only with your heavenly Father. You can ask him, that from him, and you never have to be afraid that he's gonna get tired of you asking. You can always go to him. And that brings us to a third thing which the name Father points to in the address of the Lord's Prayer. A father, you know, takes care of his children. That's his responsibility. He makes sure that his children have what they need. Well, our Father in heaven does that perfectly. Fathers here on earth are limited in their abilities. They have shortcomings or weaknesses. But our God in Christ is a perfect father. He can do everything. Nothing is impossible for him. He knows everything. He provides his children with what they need. Exactly what they need. So he, he loves to be recognized by his children 
as their perfect and almighty father. He wants us to reverently and humbly call on him to take care of us as our father. We read about that in Malachi 1. God has a complaint against his covenant people there in Malachi 1. If I then am your father, where's my honor, he says. All the Israelites in those days were willing to be children of God. But they weren't willing to honor him as their father. Sure, they were willing to bring some sacrifices to him, but they brought him sacrifices of animals which were injured, crippled, or diseased, no good for anything else, leftovers. That's what they brought to him as their offering to him. And it pained their father's heart, that callousness, that lack of respect for him as father, that thanklessness of his children. Why did we read that part of scripture? Not because I think it's necessarily like that here, but there's always a danger that it becomes like that with us. It can never be that we take our relationship with our Father in Christ for granted. It should never, become, it should never come to the point that we think that since we're children of God, we have an unalienable right to his love and care. We need to remember that God's love and care is and always remains a miracle for us poor sinners. And we should be always tremendously thankful for that love and care. And then we should also honor him for his mercy and good gifts. If he is our father, give him the honor and the respect and the gratitude. And if there's anything we fall short in, brothers and sisters, then it's most likely in giving him the respect and the gratitude due to him, isn't it? It's so easy, for instance, when you think about your budget to figure there's just not enough left to contribute or very little to give for the Lord, for his church. Very little left over for your father. And it's so easy to think when you have worries or fears, uh, uh, I'll haul myself through this. This is just set my teeth. And then forget to call on your father for help. But you know how we show God the respect that's due to him as father in Christ? Well, especially by calling on him when we're struggling or afraid, telling him about our struggles or about when we're also happy. Joyful, calling on him when we're in trouble, letting him know, talking to him, just like children do with their earthly parents. If they respect their parents as they should, they'll go and talk to them about all kinds of things, how they feel. That's how we can talk to our father in heaven, too. That's what he loves. That we discuss his children, discuss everything with him, lay it all out before him, worries, joys. That we ask for his help for ourselves or for others. A father loves it when his children ask him for help. 
Can you help me with this debt? And again, we have to watch out. We don't take our God for granted. So easy, isn't it? Just like the Israelites. Give God the leftovers. Or only pray when all other avenues are exhausted. But we have to realize that we need him always. We can't do without him at any time. Not for a moment. Prayer shouldn't be a last resort. We show we're aware of our dependence on him when we call on our Father in Christ regularly. And that shows respect for him when we look to him and, and ask him as Father to provide for our needs. That lets him know we respect and honor him as Father. That we can't and don't want to exist without his love and his grace. Congregation, it's an amazing thing to be able to have God as your father. How is it possible that so many people aren't interested or happy about that? How can it be that we so often have a hard time entrusting ourselves completely to him? It's because of, it's because of ourselves we actually don't want to be children then. Humble children. We need to become like children. Children are completely dependent. They can't save themselves. By nature, we don't want to be dependent on somebody else. We like to be in control. And don't kid yourself. The devil likes to make use of those sinful inclinations. He wants to deceive us into thinking... We actually don't really need a father in heaven. We can take care of ourselves. We can do our own thing. We can find our own way. And sometimes God says, okay, if that's what you want, he lets us live, try to live like that for a while. Like earthly fathers who allow their children to do their own thing for a while too. Let's them end up getting hurt or getting stuck so they can learn from that. That's what our Heavenly Father does too sometimes. And when we go our own way, you know what's going to happen, right? We're going to fall flat on our faces, really. And even then, we sometimes think we can get out of the mess we made ourselves by ourselves. In our own way, with our own strength. <clears throat> but what we need to do then is go back to our Father in Heaven... No use trying to be big because we're not. We need to be children. Children humbly, who humbly acknowledge we can't do without our Father in Christ. And that's why Jesus started his prayer with the address, Our Father. What does it mean to add in heaven? That's the second part of the sermon this afternoon. Maybe you think that the Lord Jesus taught us to address God as our Father in heaven to remind us the great, of the great distance there is between us and God. But that's not actually true because that's already contained in the word Father. In order to be a real Father, a respectful distance 
is always necessary. A father who tries to be just buddy-buddy to his, his children isn't a true father. Children need friends their own age, but they need a father who they can look up to. So the name father already implies a certain respectful distance. And the Lord Jesus didn't add the words in heaven to remind us of that. No, the, the addition of those words in heaven has another purpose. As we confess, Lord's Day 46, it was added to teach us not to think of God's heavenly power in an earthly manner. See, congregation, in the Bible, God's being enthroned in heaven is often emphasized in order to remind us to think big of God. To remind us he's capable of much more than we think or we can imagine. He's in heaven. His might is without limits. And it's good to know that we have a father in Christ then who isn't limited in his capabilities like our earthly fathers are, but can do whatever he decides is good for us. That's how we may know and address our Father in Christ in our prayers, brothers and sisters, boys and girls. Not thinking earthly about him mean, means being able to trust in his limitless strength and abilities. It also means that we can leave it up to him to, to decide how he's going to take care of us. Not always easy for us, is it? The Apostle Paul writes, Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, if God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son as our Savior, how can we doubt that he's not going to give us whatever else we have need of? But note the order there first gives us Christ and then all the other things we need. So he doesn't first give us prosperity, health, a marriage partner, children, or even happy times. No, first he gives us Christ. And then after that, all the things that he knows we also need yet. And those needs aren't the same for everybody. And they're sometimes quite different than we think we need. And our Father sometimes helps us in different ways than we thought we needed to be helped. But we can trust that our Heavenly Father always gives us exactly what we need. And we can be sure of that because after all, He gave us His Son, whom we needed above all else, didn't He? Oh, he isn't going to just give us everything we want. If we need it, he can withhold things from us completely or for a time. But we can trust that he's always going to give us what he knows is good for us. For our sanctification and for our salvation. And yeah, it requires faith to believe that. Quite the faith to believe that. More faith than we can ever have in our earthly fathers, in fact. Earthly fathers can only do so much. They're limited in their ability to do what's needed for us and their knowledge of what they know we need. But our Father in heaven isn't limited in any way. Does that limitless ability of our Father in heaven mean that we only need to ask in faith and it's there? 
The Lord Jesus said, Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Does that mean that true children of God get whatever they ask for? Congregation, you realize, no. We need to listen carefully what the Lord Jesus says there. He doesn't say, pray it, pray for it and claim it. No, he says, ask it, namely what you need, and it will be given to you. It's up to God to give you what and how he knows best. And you can be sure then that as your almighty father, he's not going to give you something that's not going to be good for you. He'll give you what he knows you need for now and for the future. Like the loving father Jesus describes there in Matthew 7, which we read. If his child asks him for bread, he's not going to give him a stone to break his teeth on. And if that child asks for a fish, he's not give, going to give him a snake which will bite him. The same with our Father in heaven. He's not going to give us anything that's harmful to us, his children. He's only going to give us good gifts, as Jesus says in Matthew 7. Only what's good for us. Only what's beneficial for our ultimate salvation. That might be something really nice. It can also be something that's very tough to deal with. Trouble. Hardship. But he'll only give us difficulties if they're going to benefit us. If they cause us to grow. If they're, they're going to bring us closer to him or prepare us to be with him. Like we'll hear in the form for baptism again this afternoon. When we're baptized into the name of God the Father, he promises to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. Oh, our Heavenly Father can sometimes give us things that are really, really hard to deal with. We wonder why. Why, why me? Why not those others over there? Don't I have enough? Those others seem to have it so good. I don't need this on top of everything else I have to deal with, Lord. No, it's not always easy to accept what God gives. Think of Job. He was a righteous man, well-to-do. God allowed totally everything to be taken away from him except his life. Even his health. So he ended up suffering terribly, physically and psychologically and spiritually. We don't know how long. But for quite a length of time. But in the end, Job came to see who God is. And he found blessing through it all. Just putting his hand on his mouth and realizing who he was and who God is. And Satan was put to utter shame in the book of Job. Satan came to shame. The thing is, we need to believe that our Father is seeking our good also in the hard things in our lives. Maybe through you, he wants to put Satan to shame too. That you trust and praise him, even if everything is taken away from you. No congregation, our Father in Christ doesn't necessarily fulfill all our wishes, even for things we think are good for us. Like we think, okay, it's, I'd be a lot better for me if I was healed from this sickness so I can take up my task and family again. But he always, always does fulfill his promises to us as a father. 
And so if we concentrate on the fact that he promised to work for our good in everything, then we'll always be contented and never disappointed as long as we're willing to be his children, as long as we're willing to honor him as our father, as long as we're willing to be dependent on him. He will hear our prayers and work out everything for our good then too. And maybe we'll even see that years later, not at the time, but years later, so that we say with the psalmist in Psalm 119, it was good for me to be afflicted. But in the life to come, the picture will become completely clear to each one of us. Oh, this is why. This is why, Lord. And now I see it. We'll see how wonderfully God worked through everything in our lives to bring us to where we are then. In conclusion, let's just summarize what we heard here this afternoon. Yet through Christ we may address God as our Father. And that means that, you, that He's the one who gave us life, who cares for us, is always there for us then. And then He taught us to add yet to in heaven, our Father in heaven. So we confess in our prayer too that His care, we, that we know His care is not limited by lack of power or wisdom or love. No, He's almighty and perfect in His care for us always. However that care comes out in this life. And if you think about those things, you realize how rich we are to be children of this father, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, how awesome it is to be his covenant children. Because no matter what happens, this new week too, you have a father who's looking out for your good as long as you honor him and address him then as his humble children then you'll be able to trust he's taking care of you in everything that, that you experience this week too. Amen.